Howdy, howdy, do who fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. My name's Maria. My name's Mark. And my name's Jordan. And welcome to episode 300! Hey, 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 Who fans, welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. It's great to have you all here for another week and another episode. And a very special episode it is this week. Quite unbelievably, it's episode number 300. This is insane. Um, It feels like uh, it's a bit of a mini milestone for us because we, um, uh, when we started the show donkey years ago, we thought, oh, crikey, we'll, we'll give this a run for a little while, see how it goes. And here we are, a few years later. Uh, episode 300 so it's um thank you all so much for for coming back and listening those of you that have just discovered the show and have just jumped on board welcome aboard it's great to have you here those of you that are long time listeners it's great to have you back and listening again so thank you all for joining us and we have a really special show this week because we're not we've done away with well as you know we've done away with Dalek Tat we booted him out a few weeks ago um but we're not going to do any reviews or anything like that uh, what we have got as you've probably guessed by now we've got our awesome writing team um, who put out our reviews and articles on our website regularly. These guys are so cool. So we had to get them on. Um, this was the only, the only thing that we said, the only, like when Adam and I were talking about if we were going to do anything for, for 300, it was like, there's no other option. We just have to get these guys on and chat about Doctor Who because, uh, yeah, these guys know Doctor Who far more than, than me and your average uh, uh, Doctor Who fan and whatnot so it was the only option the only thing we were going to go with so um, uh, a huge thank you to you guys for coming on board and wasting an hour or so of your evening to go and waffle about Doctor Who so um, without further ado let's get on to these guys so Maria ladies first oh that's very kind thank you your um, favorite Doctor or slash era of Who uh okay um i suppose i would have to go with probably tom baker stroke peter davison because that was my era growing up cool um yeah cool favorite story oh that's a really hard one um i have to go with earth shock i have to be honest i just love that story okay okay nice mr mark donaldson Hello, Hello, sir. Hello. Favourite era? Favourite era? Oh, it's tricky, isn't it? Because um, I grew up in the wilderness years, so I didn't have my own Doctor Who era, as it were. Um, so I think in my heart, part of me thinks that, you know, I can just have a broad overview and just pick one <laughs> that best suits me. So I'm going to go the McCoy era for me. I think because it was the closest, because I was born in 85, so it's the closest Doctor Who I think I get to kind of my kind of growing up. So, yeah, I would say kind of the McCoy era for me. Cool, cool. Favourite story? Um, well, let's go favourite story from that era uh, to <laughs> make it easy. Uh, Curse of Fenric, I think, is, is an all-time classic. Fenric. Uh, so I'm going nice. to go with that. Nice, nice. Mr. Jordan, hello, buddy. Hello. You all good? Hello. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Thank you, yeah. Good, good, good. <laughs> favourite era? Uh, favourite era... I'm probably going to have to go for the Peter Davidson era. Although I was 
um, Christopher Eccleston was like my first Doctor. David Tennant was was the Doctor I vividly remember watching growing up. I don't know. There's something about Peter Davidson's era that I just I love. I love Peter Davidson's era of Doctor Who. I don't know what it is, but... <laughs> That's cool, cool. And your favourite story? Uh, favourite story? I, I'm going to go for a bizarre one. I'm going to say Castrovalva is my favourite story. Mm. Interesting, nice. Again, another, <laughs> another thing. I don't know what it is about it, but I just love that story. I don't know what it is about it, but... That's cool, cool. <laughs> nice. Okay, and I think uh, listeners will know Adam's favourite era. Uh, I think we all know, don't we, that it's the... Well, I don't know, the, so how do the, you know? The Jodie Whittaker era <laughs> of oh, Doctor Who. No, you kidding you. I, I think I, I should know this. We've doing this long enough together. I think it's Tom's era, right? I think you're a, most of the time. I, I think, yeah, yeah. I think Tom's my favourite Doctor, but I think, on reflection, you know, I think it might be the McCoy era that I love the most. On, yes. uh, it may not be like my... <laughs> It may not be like the best era in terms of stories and stuff, but it's the era that I love watching the most. Like, mm-hmm. I just love the McCoy era. So, yeah, but Tom, Tom and McCoy are sort of between the two, I guess. Yeah, I think they both got really strong stuff in their era. Right, Obviously, yeah. the Hitchcliffe era is phenomenal, but yeah, the McCoy one because it's got so much fun and it brought me back into Doctor Who. I kind of drifted out a bit with Colin, uh, as much as I love Colin, but his stories were starting to lose me. McCoy brought me back in with the fun. Nice. This is amazing. That's interesting, actually, yeah. the, the Baker-McCoy um, link, because I, I had this discussion recently that I feel like Tom Baker and Liz Sladen and Sylvester McCoy and Sophie Aldred mm-hmm. are the sort of doctor and companion. that They feel like friends, you know, because you can you can feel the re- relationship between the actors. And I think in that interim period <laughs> between Liz leaving and Sophie Aldred coming in, there's a lot of Doctors and Companions that character-wise, maybe not actor-wise, but certainly character-wise, don't get on. And I think that's a bit grating for me. So I'm sorry, I'm the odd one out. I'm not a big fan of the Davison era. Uh, but there we go. <laughs> actually, it's a, a lot of people... i you this time, you're all right. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it was quite refreshing to hear someone actually uh, pick Davison as a favourite, because I think he is the one that most people find a bit in the middle because he's a bit they call him a bit beige don't they so it was interesting you picked davidson and i yeah i like, I like the fact you did but I, I know what mark means it's the one that people don't tend to gravitate yeah. towards because his doctor is a bit i don't know he doesn't stand out as much as the others i don't think yeah but he is I, a great doctor i really like him as well but yeah i just i don't know what it is about him i just i just love the peter davidson era of the show i think it's i think sort of tom baker is is brilliant the Hinchcliffe years are brilliant but i kind of start to zone out once you kind of get to the end of leela's series i i sort of start to zone out of the tom baker era Um, yeah i I know what you mean i think that the the, the dynamic between tom and um louise as much as i love them was not the same as, as yeah. Tom and, and Liz, they just had yeah. magic chemistry together, and I think it's well documented that Tom uh, just wanted yeah, to travel on his own after Louise yeah. Uh, yeah. after Liz left. So you can definitely see that, and then you get the Graham Williams era, which takes it into a slightly different yeah, I've, direction, I've, which is not as good. So yeah, with I know the what you exception mean. Exception of um, City of Death, I don't think I've ever been a fan of the Graham Williams no. era particularly, but 
Mm. I know I'm Gary. glad I could be, you know, different then. I'm glad I could give a different... <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, that <laughs> is cool. It was refreshing, yeah. It's always good to, to see Five getting a bit of love. I know Gary struggled with um, the key to time era, <laughs> which I always, <laughs> you know, talking to Graham Williams, so... <laughs> When we yes. reviewed that, you found that difficult, didn't you? Oh, man. Yeah, that was a bit of a... To be honest with you, it started off cool. It started off pretty decent. Mm. And then it picked up a little bit towards the end. But I found that a bit of a slog, I'll be honest with you. But we had to yeah. do it, though. We had to get it done and out of the way. Otherwise, it would have been a, like just one story every week. And it would have just... People would have been... By the end of, what is it, four or five weeks, six weeks, whatever. People would have been like, we're done with this podcast now. We just we can't go on anymore if you're going to be doing this forever. So we had to get it done out of the way. But yeah, it was cool. It was. Um, but this is cool though because normally, on experience, when you've got a bunch of Who fans who, especially into the classic era, all together and talk about Doctor Who, inevitably it's normally um, Tom's Tom's era that comes up as the most popular and stuff. And uh, you get some some Troughton in there, and uh, you know so. Um, so this is great that you've all mentioned like Davison's era, McCoy's era, you know, some of these more sort of non-popular, we don't really do lists, but you know, eras and doctors normally appear further down on people's lists. It's very, very cool. So, And I think yeah. why I like the fact that Jordan liked five is because normally most people I know like the fifth doctor will be people who've grown up with him rather than people that are sort of newer to the show and have gone back and are, are watching the classics having never seen them before. I think a lot of people that do that don't tend to warm towards Peter. Like most people who like him, I think, are the people that grew up with him and he's like their doctor. Uh, whereas most people who have never watched classics who start watching them sort of gravitate towards Tom and McCoy as well, which is a surprise because obviously I was watching the McCoy era go out at the time. And Doctor Who, I mean, I don't remember anybody at my school watching it i can remember like loving the mccoy era and desperately wanting to share it with like my you know anybody but none of my friends watched dot two it was the most uncool thing ever <laughs> when i was at school so it, it didn't have a very good reputation the mccoy era and it's lovely to see that now people who are you know sort of growing up with the more recent series going back and watching the classics and loving the mccoy era and seeing what i saw at the time but could, but couldn't convince anyone else if you see what i mean Mm-hmm. which I had a little bit with you, didn't I, Gary? Because I remember when we first started doing the podcast, um, I remember that fateful day in the Copthorne Hotel, uh, me, you and Camzy at the bar, <laughs> and Cam's, uh, Cameron McEwen, not a, not a McCoy fan at all. And you and him were a bit like, yeah, I just can't, I can't get on board with yeah, McCoy. McCoy I, he's, yeah. yeah, McCoy. And I was like, no, he's brilliant. And um, yeah, thankfully, I don't know about Camzy, I don't know if he ever saw the light, but thankfully you've really... <laughs> I think it's probably one of your favourite eras, isn't it? It is now, mate. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I, oh, I yeah. really love the. It's it's probably grown on me more than any other era of classic Who. I would say. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Question for you guys then, uh, Maria. Can you hear us and and all that stuff at the minute? Yes, good. I can. Good, right. Yeah. So let's start with you, Maria. Is there okay. a Doctor that you prefer on Big Finish versus their TV uh, uh, appearances? Uh... Well, I suppose because because I haven't listened to a lot of Big Finish, I suppose um, I would have to say probably the Eighth Doctor, um, mm-hmm. only because he hasn't really had a lot of adventures on television. So I'm really enjoying when I kind of hear him on Big Finish because I think it really expands his um, his character for me, and you know, and I feel like I'm getting to know him, mm-hmm. um, you know, like a new Doctor. So for me, it's probably the Eighth. 
Um, I do like Sylvester McCoy, actually, as well. I think he's been really good with Big Finish as well. Um, And, you know, I didn't dislike Sylvester's stories on TV because I I appreciated the the writing of them, you know, especially towards the end of um, his era. Um, But, yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying Sylvester and um, probably um, Paul McGann. And I did actually meet Paul McCann at, where, where was it I went up to? It was the Leicester Space Centre. Oh, um, yeah. So I met him and he's, like, he's, a, he's a, such a lovely man. He's a dude, a isn't he? Yeah. He is so cool. He was lovely when I met him. And he's good looking, so, you know, I can't complain. <laughs> really. uh, Jordan, any doctor that you prefer on Big Finish? I'm going to have to go with Colin Baker on that one. Mm-hmm. I think... You know his his era on the on the show was so sort of like Adam said. You know, so many people sort of fell away from the show with with Colin Baker through no fault of his own. You know, it was production side of it. But I think Big Finish kind of because they kind of I think they gave him a bit more of a uh, carte blanche to kind of do whatever he wanted to do. I think he's really grown. He's really grown as, and he's gone on. He, I think through Big Finish, he's become one of my favourite doctors. Whereas years ago, I'd have said, "Nah, he was right down the bottom." But okay. no, I think he's really grown through Big Finish, and I think having, um, you know, new companions like uh, Maggie Stables as Evelyn, or uh, one of my favourites, uh, Miranda Raisin as Constance. Mm-hmm. kind of it brings something out in him that you don't really see with Perry or Bonnie Langford so it I think he's he's probably my favorite on Big Finish cool cool uh Marky Mark um Big Finish why well, I mean it's McGann for me um because mm-hmm. he was my doctor I guess through Big Finish because when Storm Warning came out that was kind of new Doctor Who at that point oh, for me yeah um, so I've kind of followed that range from the beginning to now. Um, I do start to feel that through no fault again, I think he's a fantastic, uh, doctor and he brings so much to every performance, but I feel like we're getting to a kind of, I don't know, like it's constantly expanding and constantly expanding and constantly expanding that because there's basically just a little eight minute ending to his era, the big finish seem like just to just cram however many stories and arcs and all this kind of stuff into this kind of seemingly infinite but not infinite sort of time frame for the eighth doctor and it does start to feel like i don't know maybe we've done everything um with the eighth which is sad to say but i don't know Mm. maybe other maybe other people disagree but I, i don't know have you listened to Stranded, Mark, out of interest? I did. I listened to it. I thought it was interesting. Um, I think it did some interesting stuff. I think, um, was it Wild Animals or something? Is that the, the second one, the John Dorney one, which is essentially what is a Doctor Who story like in contemporary Earth with no monsters and actual human violence um, as the kind of threat? I thought it was really interesting. But the problem I have with Stranded is the problem I have with a lot of modern Big Finish which is this need to tie it up with Torchwood <laughs> and to have Tom Baker in it as the curator. And and also they don't have the guts to stick with this, we're going to strand the Doctor in Contemporary Earth because the next series he 
sods off to <laughs> the 1970s and, and all off, this kind yeah. of thing. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's it showed promise, but I'm starting to kind of be a bit skeptical. I, I, I know what you mean by that. I just want to quickly ask you as well. Like, you, I know you said you grew up in the wilderness years. So, where what got you into Dot Two? Was it? Did you start with Eccleston, or or did you dive into Big Finish? And or what? What was so, like your introduction to Dot Two? Because I've told this story quite a lot recently. I did toy with just making something up and say, "Oh yeah, I found a book in a charity shop," which isn't that <laughs> far from the truth. Actually, tell us but, the um, truth. The truth. We is. can handle the truth. <laughs> Uh, with the 92, 93 repeats on BBC Two, to be honest, um, that got me into it. My mum and dad, because uh, we they used to always just we used to always sit down in front of BBC Two on a Friday night and watch old telly because that's where it was in those days. Um, so we'd watch like Randall Hopkirk and all that kind of stuff, and then Doctor Who came on. Um, so I watched the Time Meddler, and really enjoyed it. But then kind of really got into it with the Mind Robber sort of four weeks later. Oh, yeah. And then that was it, really. Um, and then it's just kind of find, finding whatever I could find. So my mum would find sort of Target books, which are still behind me on the shelf <laughs> here, in charity shops and sort of saving up pocket money for videos and stuff like that. But it was only, I think, with the McGann movie that it felt like, oh, this is new Doctor Who for me. And then that, I think that from then on, that was it, really, yeah. sort of fandom-wise. Good soundtrack. But that didn't really feel like Doctor Who, though, did it? I mean, the movie, not really. I mean, well, it, Maria, God, there was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of people say I mean, that, Maria. Yeah. yeah. But if you'd never the, seen Doctor Who, I guess, as an introduction, that might have been... You wouldn't have known any different. Well, this is it. And yeah, if you've true. seen bits and pieces of it, I think the fundamentals of Doctor Who are, are in that film. And I think that film gets a lot of flack... <laughs> Um, and rightly so, it's it's flawed, it's deeply, deeply flawed. But I watched it again uh, a couple of months ago. And just had a great time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's I, I, I it's think an Americanized lot... version of Doctor Who. And I think, I don't know, I, I kind of start to kind of rub against that kind of isolationist view that Doctor Who should always be British. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it kind of limits it, I think, sometimes. I think there's a lot going for the TV movie. I think it looks beautiful even now. I think the, the TARDIS exterior and the interior have never looked better. It's beautiful and um, it's beautifully directed. Uh, if you rewatch it, it's really well shot. And like Gary said, the music in it is beautiful. McGann mm. and Grace, uh, McGann and Daphne work great together. There's a lot going for it. But like yeah. you said, it is flawed. Yeah, but then a lot of who is I'm flawed. Classic, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. So I always I, see Doctor Who's never been consistently good ever. I think you know it's not always consistently good within the same story. Um, but no, I think the McGann movie is Doctor Who for that kind of age of the X Files and <laughs> the the television of the 1990s, the next generation, um, like that kind of yeah, yeah it's, era of TV. It's definitely yeah. of a piece with with what was going on at the time. Yeah, are you, are you not a fan at all of it, Maria? The TV movie. Uh, I. I I agree with you, Adam, that I think it is work very well directed and it does look actually great. I just I just find the tone of it, I can't really... I, I don't recognise it as Doctor Who that I know and love. I mean, there's bits of it that um, I recognise, but then... I don't, I don't know. There's maybe I need to rewatch it again. But I've the the once or twice that I've watched it, I kind of didn't enjoy it by the end of it. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe I need to re re look at it again. But um, I, I don't know. It, it's not my it's not my cup of tea. 
it's not what I know growing up. So maybe that's it. Maybe because it was kind of made and it was a bit more Americanized, I suppose. It kind of, it didn't feel like it, like you said, it's not, I don't think it's meant to be um, something outside of Britishness, if that kind of makes sense. And it, it's kind of, it, it doesn't feel, yeah, you're right. I think what Mark says, it's something about it being a British show that kind of is it is part of its attraction, I think, you know, because it is British and, um, you know, and I think the Doctor is very much a British hero. It kind of, there's just bits in it that I just didn't, didn't really recognise probably and didn't enjoy. Well, it starts with the Doctor making a cup of tea. That's very British. Yeah. <laughs> but that's true. Not, I, know, I know what you're saying. I, the thing that's always, I mean, I like the TV movie, but the thing that's always annoyed me the most about it is that they couldn't be bothered to give it a title. They just call it the TV movie. And <laughs> I think that's, it, I really don't like that. I think it was well, going to be called something else. The Enemy like, Within. The Enemy Within. within. They yeah, they should have but stuck it's with that. it was a pilot, wasn't it? So it was, yeah. it was a pilot for an American audience. So they just called it Doctor yeah. Who. Um, and then obviously for a UK audience that's been watching Doctor Who for 33 years, they've gone, um, it's a Doctor Who movie. Please enjoy the Doctor Who TV movie, which is a shame. I think they should have called it The Enemy Within for a, yeah, a, a so UK better. audience, at least, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, I suppose it, it could have been worse in that they could have they could have not been able to get Sylvester back and, you know, maybe not had his regeneration. So, you know, I'm really pleased that we actually got a regeneration in there and, you know, yeah. they kind of, they were kind of true to that aspect of it, you know, unlike um, obviously with Sylvester and, you know, Colin Baker. So, you know, that was actually something really positive. It did act, it did actually kind of link in, if that kind of makes sense. So that, that was something I really enjoyed. I was surprised they did that as well, because given <laughs> that there'd been quite a gap between the series, um, you'd think they'd start it afresh and not reference it at all, a bit like, with the Jodie era, we're, we're doing a new thing now, and I am surprised they included McCoy, and although it's brief, I'm, I'm glad he's in it. Well, he also, he does, it does link in subtly as well, so at the very end in Survival, where he says somewhere the tea's getting cold. The mm. opening scene to the TV movie is him making a hot cup of tea. So, <laughs> yeah. it, you know, it's a subtle it's little all there. continuation if you look for it. Yeah, Jordan, what, what are your thoughts on the TV movie? Uh, I, do you know what? I really like the TV movie, uh, but I think Mark and Adam, I think you need to both have a chat with my friend Scott because he detests the TV movie <laughs> with an absolute really? vengeance. Wow. And it doesn't matter how many times I'm like, oh, but Sylvester McCoy is great in it. You know, Daphne Ashbrook is great in it. The TARDIS looks amazing. You know, this, that and the other. It's, it looks like it's had money spent on it. It does. Possibly for the first time in a long time. In forever. You know, <laughs> someone had actually given Doctor Who some money to go and do something. But he absolutely hates the TV movie and I just don't know why. But no, I, I really like the TV movie. But... Um, Funnily enough, I was having a conversation with one of my other friends the other day about the TV movie, and I sort of was like, oh my God, do you know when uh, the Doctor's wife and the TARDIS says, I never got you where you wanted to go, but I always got you to where you needed to go? Mm. And I was kind of thinking, but hang on, you dumped him in the middle of a, you know, downtown, <laughs> wherever it is, and then you made him get shot, <laughs> you know? So it's... Uh, I. I think out of everything about the TV movie, it's that that I don't like is his, you know, the seventh doctor just um, goes out, he's shot. And it's kind of like, okay. But then I guess it is America. So it 
it could happen. But no, I like the TV movie. I really like the TV movie. <laughs> I, I find that really funny now watching it. I think at the time I was like, oh my goodness. Doctor Who yeah. has been gunned down by a by a gang. But now watching it, there is something incredibly funny about <laughs> the Doctor landing on American soil and immediately being gunned yeah. down. As if to be like, oh, that's a, it's a dangerous place. You don't want to go to America. Yeah. Not even certainly, Trump's America at the time either. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of love for the... Uh, do you know what? It's, it's still to this day, It's um I love talking about the TV movie because it's still a very... Um, marmite issue to a degree mm. like jordan just said his friend absolutely hates it adam and i we know quite a few people that can't stand it and conversely there's people that do really like it as well so i think it kind of it hovers around that gray area for me it's like you were saying mark that sometimes it not everything about the show has to be british quote unquote i guess um and it definitely showed that but i think for me, I think as long as the character remains British, and I don't care if that character's male, female, alien, tra- you know, whatever, as long as the character remains British. But I'm cool with like the, the rest of it, like being wrapped up in like a US kind of setting. You know, that doesn't really, really bother me. But it's, um, yeah, it definitely hovers around that. Mm, do we include it in? Well, before Big Finish, I reckon people were like, oh, is that proper Doctor Who? Do we include it in proper, quote-unquote, Doctor Who? But uh, I think Paul oh. McGann has properly established that it's you know beyond question. Adam and Gary and, and, and Maria, I don't know if you remember, I distinctly remember when Eccleston came in, there was some chat about, oh, they're going to just ignore the McGann film mm-hmm. and it's going to just... Um, like this is just it's a new it's a new start you know they, they might just kind of ignore that and it wasn't until, i can't remember exactly where it's kind of i think russell t probably mentioned it in an interview and was to say no 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 no. this this you know it's paul mcgann dennis chris Rexton, and that's that's how it's going to be but i do remember there's been some chat whilst they were making it coming out of like fan gossip sites and all this <laughs> kind of thing that they were going to just ignore mcgann like it never happened and and really all we get is just that gag about half human um blasphemy in the uh the bad world <laughs> part of the ways oh. I, I can remember even paul mcgann doubting himself actually right up until the night of the doctor i remember him saying in an interview that he now can officially say he's canon and i'm thinking of course you're canon paul you've done all this amazing <laughs> stuff on big finish you've done the movie but even himself he d- didn't you know feel until he was actually in the series in uh, in that little seven minute episode that he was sort of made official which i think um i'm glad they did that but I just yeah. can't believe he felt like that, that he didn't, you know, he was so... Well, that, that, I think that's why he took such a long time to do conventions as well, because he felt that he'd kind of failed, you know, he'd been this one-night-only doctor and it kind of never never went anywhere. And people yeah. were asking him to come to conventions and he was a bit like, well, I'm not really the doctor, am I? <laughs> I did, like, one night. And I think it was... I can't remember when his first convention was, like, 2001, something like that, I think. And he got this rapturous applause when he comes out on stage and I just said, oh right okay yeah people do actually really want to see me because i'm doctor who that's mm. that's on youtube nice. still that clip somewhere is it yeah oh, great yeah it's no that's cool so the tv movie then a little bit more might a bit people's views on it can be a bit controversial for that very subject that very reason of um do they do they consider it to be even though it's technically and definitely is 
canon and everything. It's a bit controversial and stuff. Let's fast forward in time a little bit. Let's go forward to modern Doctor Who. The most, come on, we have to talk about it, the most controversial thing to come from 2005 onwards. It happened very recently. So, Jordan. Yep. The timeless child concept, theory, paradigm. What are your thoughts? Oh, no. It's one of those, uh, when I watched it, when it originally, you know, I say it originally went out, when it came out uh, sort of February time, I was like, okay, you know, it's it's fine because the Doctor, we didn't really know much about the Doctor anyway. So it, I kind of was looking at it through through that lens. But then the more I've actually sort of been like, now nah, let's actually think about this, the more I've been like, no, I don't like it. <laughs> it I, and I don't know, I don't know what it is. I think what irritates me the most about it is the Doctor now comes from a different universe. I'm I'm assuming. I think that was that was the biggest thing that bugged me about it. I think it would have been better had it been the Master, perhaps, mm. or mm, yeah. been. Uh, I know my friends are always saying, "Oh, it should have been like Rassilon or Omega." Yeah, I think Rassilon. Yeah, I think Rassilon would have probably worked a, a lot better. So I'm going to have to say I don't like it, but. At the time, I didn't mind it. It's it was it was just bizarre. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's maybe that's the whole thing about it. It's just bizarre. It's mm-hmm. it's it's there. <laughs> it's it'll probably be like like the TV movie. It'll be something in mm-hmm. like twenty odd years time. will still divide fans, mm-hmm. and it'll be kind of like one of those hot topics that no one ever really talks about. But it's kind of like there. Mm-hmm. Um, like the half human thing yeah yeah it's sort of it, it's there but <laughs> we choose to ignore it but it's you know if you want to talk about it we'll talk about it but it's it's it is what it is i suppose isn't it it's yeah no reader uh, we had a very similar thing going on ourselves so when yeah, we reviewed yeah on this very show when we reviewed that that episode at the time i remember saying very vivid i remember vividly saying Oh, this was pretty cool, actually. It's like they've taken mm. this very, not stagnant, but this very sort of samey um, setup that we've been running with for nearly sixty years, whatever, and they've changed it up. They've thrown a curveball. This is this is very cool. And then about three or four days later, I just woke up. I was like, I don't like that. I don't, <laughs> I don't like this. I don't like it. It was just a real weird sort of night and day difference. I just woke up thinking, Oh God, why? Oh, I just don't like it. But yeah. Uh, Mark, what are your fit? What are your thoughts? I remember watching it, just not ashen faced, but <laughs> you know when when something's supposed to be big and huge and earth shattering and changes the very way you think about the show. I found the timeless children to what to what it essentially was was the master reading the Doctor a new adventures novel written by Mark Platt for about an hour. Ah. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. I have no real issue with the idea of the timeless children and the timeless child idea and the doctor possibly coming from another universe because I think Doctor Who needs that. It needs this kind of new universe to explore and these new ideas. The problem I have is that it's just so boring to watch. 
It's not the doctor discovering it, it's the doctor being told it, which basically is a get out clause because then you can just turn around and go, oh, the master was lying. All yeah, yeah. It didn't really happen. Um, so that's a kind of, this. It's, it's a wider issue I have with the Chris Chibnall and Jodie Whittaker career is there's no confidence in it. I don't feel any confidence in what they're doing. Stephen Moffat used to mess stuff up and sometimes for good, <laughs> sometimes for ill, but but he was confident in the way he did that and you felt that that production was behind him all the way in what he was doing like the actors were up for it the directors the producers everything about that production was like yep all right cool this is what we're doing john hurt is the doctor brilliant this i don't know it just say um yeah the doctor's from a different universe and and can just keep regenerating and there was maybe some incarnations before him is is that okay (laughs) do you like that or you don't like that or maybe we'll just keep that on the back burner and the problem i also have is i can't help but feel this is something that could be this could just reinvent the show going forward for 20 years you know we could we could be playing around with this but i can't help but feel the anniversary is two years away Mm. And are we just gonna find where the doctor came from in the 60th anniversary special, and then that's that's the end of it? I, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know what the plan is. The yeah. Chibnall master plan. Yeah, but it's I know, a five-year Chibnall master <laughs> plan. I know what you mean, though. With the with the Moffat era, you definitely got the sense that if you were a fly on the wall at the BBC office or wherever the office where he was writing stuff, he would just stagger in and like kick the door open absolutely wasted with a bottle of wine in his hand and slam the script down and be like this is what we're rolling with and the execs are like whoa he's like no this is what we're doing whereas Chibnall's like have a look see what you think I'm open to suggest you know it's you do get the sense like the Moffat and RTD definitely they just drove it like this is exactly what we're doing and if people don't like it meh you know, we won't see you at the next signing event, whatever that is. If you do like it, then sweet, we'll see you there. Whereas Chibnall's like, mm. yeah, it does, it does yeah. sort of make me wonder: Would the Timeless Child arc have worked better if it had been written by Russell D. Davis or Stephen Moffat? Because I do oh. sort of no, no. <laughs> I was just, I was just wondering because I do sort of think I agree with you. They were kind of like, do you know what? We're going to do it, and if you don't like it, you don't like it. Whereas Chibnall is a bit sort of like. Ooh, we're gonna do it, but if you don't like it, it's fine. But okay, okay, we'll we'll forget. Also, that. Stephen Moffat kind of already did it with the War Doctor. Really, it's you know mm. fundamentally yeah. that's what this is. It's just introducing yeah. an incarnation of the Doctor you never knew before, and that's another issue I kind of have um, is that it just feels like a greatest hits package at the moment. There's just this kind of straight line of just perfectly serviceable Doctor Who that isn't going to scare the horses. Um, and I feel like the Timeless Children should have done that, and I wish it had. And it's really just the same old frothing imbeciles on the internet that are getting annoyed about it. Um, and everybody else is just like, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not really a fan of it, or, oh, this is an amazing step forward. Mm-hmm. It's not, but I mean, there has been a global pandemic in the middle of it, so that's, I mean, probably more important and taking up a lot of people's time. So we don't have time to properly argue but timeless children <laughs> but it, it yeah i don't know it i feel like it could have been a lot more earth shattering and interesting yeah Ma- maria i sense you're not a fan <laughs> well i i don't i i didn't watch the episode live um 
I watched it after everybody else. And I remember texting some uh, one of my friends and saying, well, you know, what was it like? Was it good? <laughs> you know, what was the what was the conclusion? And they were a bit umming and ahhing around it. So I kind of went into it kind of wondering what the revelations were going to be. Because in my head, I, uh, I probably had something completely different to what ended up on screen. And I kind of agree with what Mark was saying in that, in some ways, because Jodie was quite passive in the episode, it kind of, I didn't kind of believe it when it all came out. You know, um, Sasha Dewan was kind of firing on all cylinders and I was kind of looking at him and his performance and, you know, he's telling this great story about what her history is. And for me, I, I really didn't like the idea. I, but if I'm honest, no, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like the idea of kind of, losing Gallifrey as a base that kind of rounds the Doctor. I mean, kind of, it, if it was another character, I probably would have kind of gone with it a bit more. But, yeah, I don't really like it as an idea. I I don't like the idea of kind of losing all that Gallifrey history that we have because I, I think we have lost it by kind of introducing this new element to the Doctor. And kind I like of, it more now then. <laughs> you like it I, I just but then part of me is also just like I, I think I find a lot of Doctor Who mythology episodes quite dull really I think I'm always kind of more drawn to the the Doctor just shows up and you know solves the problem um, so McCoy. on the one hand I was like oh great we don't have to go to Gallifrey anymore but then also I was like yeah but you could just not go to Gallifrey anymore you don't have to yeah. keep blowing it up and you know Going, yeah. right, that's it. No more Gallifrey. Um, think, just ignore it. I think we've. Uh, I think um, I quite like the idea of the Doctor kind of kicking back against, you know, how snobby and kind of stuffy the the Time Lords are. And I quite, I kind of quite like that idea. I think I, I, you know, I've always enjoyed those adventures where he's kind of, you know, kicking kicking against all of that, but kind of changing the origin of where the character comes from so you know after 50 years of history kind of feels a bit kind of it feels like a tagged on idea if that kind of makes sense um it's it's not something that's been thought out you know unless you know obviously going forward it's going to be really well explained um and you know kind of making the doctor kind of the creator of the time lords is something that you know kind of takes away from the kind of rebel that he is i I don't know there's just something that changed the character fundamentally for me Mm -hmm. um you know changing that backstory and kind of introducing all these multiple past incarnations that we don't know anything about that you know do we care about them really Mm -hmm. and you know i know people were talking about the faces in the brain of morbius and and some of that and you know explaining some of those faces that came up um, you know, and I, you know, sometimes I think it would it would have been better rather than going back backwards and kind of changing the past history. It's kind of going forwards would have been better and kind of introducing maybe a different kind of element going forwards. Mm. I mean, essentially, we've gone backwards because we're kind of looking back into his origins, in, yeah. into the character origins. I keep saying he, but he, she. We're going mm. back into their origins, and it's kind of going backwards rather than going forwards. Um, it's I mean, definitely me, a bit of a snake eating its own tail, isn't it? <laughs> like, it's just... Bit. Yeah, I mean, Doctor Who is about... The reason that kind of drew me into Doctor Who originally was all the 
you know, it was the idea of adventure, you know, getting in the box and going anywhere and kind of doing anything and kind of introducing the timeless children is, yeah, it's, it's not something that I kind of, I think I wrote about it in one of my articles, but yeah, basically I, I, I don't like the idea, but I'd be interested to see what they do with it. If they do anything with it going forwards and, or whether it's something that will kind of get forgotten about. You know, no, I don't know. You're the same, Matt, really. Yeah. I think that's the thing, isn't it? It depends where they go with it, I think. So he's, he's put it out there, he's planted the seed. What's he going to do with it? Because, um, like you said, when we reviewed it, we were fairly positive at the time. We said, oh, that's, that's pretty good, actually. You know, it kind of worked, but something new takes it into a new direction. But then, like you, I sort of woke up a few days later, <laughs> same thing. And it just gradually chipped away at me. Things started to annoy me. Like when I was watching classic episodes, you'd see, or even Tennant, you know, say, come in doing that brilliant speech, I'm a from Gallifrey, Time Lord Victoria, and all that. You think, yeah, that's kind of all just gone out the window and... I don't know. It, de- it definitely changed things. And I don't think it needed doing. I think that's the thing. It didn't really add anything. But that's what I mean. We need to see where it goes. But at the minute, it hasn't really added anything, um, I don't think. And I, I would have quite liked it if it had turned out to be Susan. Because I think Susan's a fascinating character that kind of just gets completely forgotten about. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Doctor's granddaughter. So I would have quite liked the timeless child to have turned out to be her. But I, I have to agree with Mark as well. I think they thought it was going to be a lot more earth-shattering than it was. I think they thought this was going to, you know, be a real big OMG moment. Um, but the reason it wasn't is because there was no twist. Like, I kept thinking it was just predictable. All the way through, you kept thinking, yeah, it's going to be, the Doctor's going to be the Tarnished Child, isn't she? Yes, yes. <sighs> it gets revealed, the Doctor's the Tarnished Child. You're right, okay, come on, he's going to, it's going to, there's got to be a twist to this. That can't be it. He's going to turn around and it's going to be the Master or he's going to be lying to her or something. No, there was no twist. There was no imagination to it. It was just, no, it's the Doctor. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it really depends where they take it, I think. Maybe there will be a twist to maybe. it. Or maybe they'll just forget about it. I don't know. But I'm like you, Gary. I've grown to really not like it. And the, <laughs> Well, I don't, I don't hate it with a passion like some, but the thing I don't like about it is all these other Doctors that are out there. That, I don't know why, but that's the bit that really bugs me. Like, anybody could be the Doctor. That's just... That's just stupid. There could be a million doctors out there. I just don't like that whole thing. Mark, go on. I'd, well, I, I, I don't mind it if you're going to do something absolutely not so, like Into the Spider-Verse, but a Doctor Who version. But the BBC could never afford to do that. Mm. And I think uh, it would always just end up being a slightly disappointing series of novels, like Timeless, Time Lord Victorious or you know something like that. Um mm-hmm. And that's the thing with Doctor Who. It's always kind of hampered by the fact it's on the BBC, I feel like. Yeah, I was talking about this with um, somebody else uh, at the weekend. And they said, why the... why?" The, oh, we were talking about the licence fee. And uh, we were saying um, the only one thing that some that my friend watches on the BBC, I can't remember what it was. And it's like, why do I have to pay like 100 odd quid a year just to watch this one channel, this one programme? You know how it goes. And uh, I said, yeah, but you know Doctor Who and all the rest of it. And they were like, look, the best thing that can happen to Doctor Who is it for it to go to Netflix and for those guys to throw more money at it, give it, you know, give it more. I don't know. My view is that they should just, after the 60th, just stop it. Just cancel it for a few years. Take it over to Netflix or something and just let somebody, because if you look at shows that do that do really well on Netflix, it's because they've had the time to 
put a decent writing team together, they can throw a little bit more money at it, you know, all that kind of thing, and nurture it a lot more rather than, you know, it just feels like the BBC, the BBC is just this, I don't know, like it feels like it's shackled to what was once this amazing corporation years ago and, you know, a lot of love for it. It just, I don't know, it feels like, yeah. But for me, the timeless child thing, I was I was gobsmacked that they didn't pick up on it more in the festive special because they made this huge thing of it and it was such a massive it has the potential to be such a huge change of direction for the show and for the character and everything you know and changes everything up rightly or wrongly and then in the apart from one scene where the doctor's talking to somebody about it about change about change it doesn't get good gary yeah it doesn't even get mentioned (laughs) not even gets mentioned and this only happened previously in the doctor's timeline Really? Well, it's also the Doctor just turns around and says, oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm the Doctor. I defeat the Daleks. <laughs> That's And it's like, right, okay, so is that it dealt with? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Well, she, did have, she did have 20 years in prison, so I suppose she got she kind of got over it, I suppose. Well, yeah, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> but it was weird, though. I thought they were going to continue it and make more of a thing because if you're going to introduce something as epic as that, that changes mm-hmm. the entire concept of the character, essentially... Then I don't know. It was just a bit like, are we brushing this under the carpet already? Is this the? Are <laughs> we the doing this? Daleks yeah. all over again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but to turn it around a little bit, is there anything that you guys particularly like about the Chibnall slash Jodie era, Maria? Oh, you put me on the spot now. Um, I. I... You can say no. It's cool if there's, no, if there's nothing that you put. <laughs> I, I tell you what, when I when I saw when I saw the first episode, um, the woman that fell to earth, I I kind of noticed the change in tone kind of immediately. Obviously, you know, Chibnall has wanted to introduce something different, and I and I suppose. I suppose I I did kind of like the fact that he kind of changed it up and the tone was slightly different. It kind of felt a bit more gritty and a bit more um, down to earth. I don't I don't know what the word is, but um, I, you know I I quite like that. I think if I was to like one thing, it is probably oh gosh, I'm trying to think of something. Um, Come back to me because I can't think of anything at the moment. <laughs> Not that I really, really like. Um, I mean, Bradley Walsh is brilliant. Okay. Um, yep. You know, I really liked his character, but um, I, I didn't really like Series Eleven that much. I, I enjoyed Series Twelve a bit better. I mean, there were some better stories in Series Twelve. Okay. Um, you know, there were some you know standout ones that I really enjoyed. So, um, but I haven't consistently enjoyed a series all the way through um i i yeah i i can't think of anything in particular that i really like and um you know i think it's probably well known that i i'm not really a fan of jody that much um mm. to be fair all right no worries jordan anything that you like about our current era uh well well bradley walsh was definitely one mm-hmm. um dare i say it i think he probably outshone Jodie Whittaker quite a bit <laughs> and I, I agree with some of the things that, that Adam has said when you've been reviewing this last series I think they've kind of tried to sort of not have his character in it quite so much because mm. he was so good yeah 
Um, and I, I, the thing I really wish they'd have carried on because I really liked it was, like you said, Maria, there was a, a grittier tone to her first story. But then it kind of, that went away. And I, I really liked that, that grittier tone uh, of it. But apart, really, apart from those two, there's not really... I liked uh, Sasha Dewan's master. I thought he was really good. Um, but apart from those three things, <laughs> I just... I don't know. I, I really struggled to put my finger on what her doctor is. And I think that's, that's the writing, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, I, those three things. Bradley Walsh, the, the grittier tone for the first story, and possibly Spyfall. I think Spyfall was quite a good start to this last series. Um, and Sasha Dewan as the master. I think, yeah, for I, me, I, they're probably the best three things in it. Yeah, I'd agree with Georgian. I think I, I really enjoyed Spyfall. Um, I I thought I, I thought there's it looked fantastic and I yeah. and I kind of thought that was the kind of tone we were going for. It was kind of a bit more playful and yeah. um you know, and it looked it looked fantastic as well. Obviously, you know, the effort that they take to go on location. It, so it looked really good. And I liked the more playful kind of nature of it. And I, I like the pace of it as well. Um, but um, it's not been consistent all the way through. I think it's been very up and down with her with her series. And, and you know, and I, I think there is something about Jodie that just doesn't, it's, it's not, She's not a strong enough foil against Sasha Dewan. He's actually yeah. a really strong character. Yeah. Um, so he's when he's in when he's in the scene, you're watching him rather than watching her. And, yeah. You know, um, but yeah, I'd, I'd agree. Sasha Dewan was actually a highlight. He's actually been a highlight um, for series twelve, definitely. Yeah. Mark. Um, the I mean that I think I prefer series eleven to be honest. I think series eleven. Um, was very clearly trying to do something different. Whereas as I think series 12 was just like, Oh, maybe people didn't like that. Let's just try and ape the RTD Stephen Moffat (laughs) model. Cause I think 11 had, um, three, I think pretty solid historical adventures. One of which I think is an absolute masterpiece, um, which is demons of the Punjab. Um, and then it also had the witch finders, which I think is so great. And it goes, well, actually, what does it mean for the doctor to be a woman in a historical setting? Mm-hmm. Which it, which the show doesn't do again and hadn't done up to that point, um, and I, th- I thought it was really interesting. And it's got Alan Cumming in an absolutely <laughs> scene chewing uh, performance. <laughs> so I, you know, I think Eleven's got a lot going for it. It's got a frog in a chair. Love that. That's oh, great as well. Yeah. Um, whereas Series Twelve <laughs> just felt like a lot of stuff I'd seen Doctor Who do before. Um, so yeah, I think that kind of focus on more historical adventures. I kind of wish they'd had the the guts not to fling in a monster um, <laughs> in, in some of them, you know, uh, but there we go. That's, I guess, Doctor Who in the modern world. You, people are so used to it having monsters and aliens that to do a straight historical, like in the sixties would scare people a little bit. True, <laughs> go, this is, is this what Doctor Who on a Sunday night is? <laughs> Just swanning around in <laughs> historical settings. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, true. No, I'll read you. Uh, and then, okay. So, Spin-offs. 
Let's talk about the best one of all. What did you think to class? Oh. <laughs> Why are you bringing that into it? <laughs> Joking. Let's talk. So from your guys, let's, we, you can talk about class if you want to. I think anyone that's listened to our show for a while will know when we reviewed those episodes that we probably don't want to talk about them again. But um, in terms of Sarah Jane and Torchwood, are you guys up? Are you are you here for the for the spin-offs you like those or are you a bit like Nye, take them or leave them Maria uh, well I I've watched um, a fair few of um, the Sarah Jane adventures and I, I really like those I, I think that you know they're definitely um, you know well well thought out uh, well acted stories um, so I really enjoyed um, Sarah Jane adventures um, and also um, I, I really enjoyed um, series two and three of Torchwood as well. Um, not so much with four, but um, yeah, I've, I've definitely enjoyed those. I mean, who, who doesn't love Captain Jack? So, you know, um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm really happy with those. And I, I do fling them on from time to time as well. So, ah, cool. Yeah. yeah, Ad, we, um, yeah, we love Sarah Jane, don't we? It's uh, been a highlight. Sarah ja- yeah. yeah, Sarah Jane is an absolute highlight. I can't believe that. I didn't watch it at the time as we're mm-hmm. going through them. It's just such a brilliant series. The, the whole tone of it, just managing to get that tone right every single week pretty much is, is, is quite something. It's just a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love yeah. the Sarah Jane. Whereas Torchwood, like you said, it's hit and miss, isn't it? Some weeks is good. And then the next weeks it's like, who's writing this? It's a disaster. <laughs> but Sarah Jane, it's just consistently just brilliant and fun. Yeah. Mark, any thoughts on the spinoffs? Um, yeah, I mean, I think Charlie Brooker said it best when he was uh, reviewing uh, Sarah Jane Adventures and Torchwood back in back when they kind of came out, and he said the Sarah Jane Adventures is a children's show um, written for you know for children, but also for adults, whereas Torchwood is an adult show written by children, um, and I <laughs> I really kind of that's spot on really felt isn't it? the first two series. There's a real kind of juvenile quality like a kind of we're the grown-up doctor who show and we can say bad <laughs> words and show bums and that um and i think it really gets some of the sort of bigger sci-fi ideas get lost in just that kind of need to fling in a sex scene here and there and, and all that kind of thing um i sound very sound very prudish that's that's not me but i just think the show <laughs> you know you can do sex on television in an adult and interesting and character building way and that was never present in Torchwood, as far as I, I can see. Um, so, yeah, Sarah Jane, for me, I think, is is just wonderful. Um, it was so great to see Liz Sladen just get that kind of last hurrah. I mean, obviously, it was never intended as that. Um, it's just, you know, sadly, just that's how events ended up going. But mm. to kind of just cement Sarah Jane Smith in, like, the hearts and minds of a new generation of children, and I think she will continue to, to do that, you know, as people who grew up with the Sarah Jane adventures will pass that on to their kids and, and so on and so on. I think it's beautiful. Um, and just, they're just really cracking stories as well, you know? Yeah, defo. Jordan, you fan of these spinoffs? I, do you know, I, I am. I, I'm kind of, I don't know. I, I grew up watching Sarah Jane and Torchwood. They were in, in many ways, I've got more vivid memories of watching them than I have Doctor Who. Sarah Jane in particular, I vividly remember watching uh, certain stories of Sarah Jane. So it, it, Sarah Jane, Clyde, Rani, they're all, I kind of, 
they were I saw myself in them growing up. So um so Sarah Jane I definitely, definitely love. And I think they are right. There is something there that, you know, I'm twenty four years old, but I will happily sit there and watch the Sarah Jane adventures. It it doesn't bother me that it was designed to be a children's show. Um Torchwood, the first series of Torchwood, I don't remember watching live. Uh, and I'm not a massive fan of that first series. It's so uneven. Um, but the second series I remember watching live and thoroughly enjoying it. But again, it kind of doesn't really come into its own until Children of Earth. And then for me, probably the less said about Miracle Day, the better. <laughs> but there are some moments in Miracle Day that I remember and they they were so horrific that I, they've scarred on my memory. I, w- I will never forget. There's a certain, there are a few characters that die in Miracle Day. I will never forget that. Um, class, I liked class, dare I say it? But it was no Sarah Jane Adventures and it was no Torchwood. And personally, I think Canine and Company was probably better than Class. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. 100%. Do you know what? I've got such a soft spot for Canine and Company. I love it so much. It's so yeah. bad. Um, but no, I, so I've kind of, I don't know. I just, I've always loved Sarah Jane and Torchwood because I grew up with them. They were, they were the characters that I grew up with. You know, to me, Captain Jack and Gwen Cooper and sarah jane were as as much a part of doctor who as the doctor was as rose tyler was as catherine tate was so no i love them i love them cool so you, glad you mentioned canine and company oh. <laughs> it's brilliant, thought, it? i thought gary was going to glaze over it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i think what's amazing is the amount of output that we actually got during the RTD era, yeah. Yeah. We, had, um, we had the Sarah Jane Adventures, we had Torchwood, we had Doctor Who, and we kind of, I kind of miss that now because it, it feels like there's there's a time for us to get another spin-off, but I don't know what it would be. I know, I know, recently they were talking about maybe having an Ace um, spin-off, yeah, the, the charitable yeah. Earth, thing. yeah, which would have actually been yeah, amazing. A idea. Yeah, I think so. And the Joe Jones, they were saying about doing it like a, a Joe Grant spin-off, weren't they? Which would be great. You could have Ace and Joe together. That'd be absolutely amazing. <laughs> that was going to be my next oh, question yeah. to you guys, actually. Do you think we're due or should have another spin-off of some kind? Or have we got our hands full enough with I, the, the show at the minute? Do you know what? I, I think, I don't know if you guys have seen it. Russell T. Davis recently said that he thinks Doctor Who should kind of have a an MCU kind of vibe about it. And I, I kind of agree with him. You know, in the Jodie Whittaker era, there was, between our first and second, there was like, what, a, a gap of like a year or something, wasn't there? A year and something. Um, the way this year is shaping up, we're probably not going to get series 13 until n- next year, probably. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think there needs to be something else in between just so that fans and people have kind of then got something to watch. Cause I'm just a little bit worried. Doctor who's going to be one of those shows that gets forgotten. 
I think it is, it is in danger of that, Jordan. I think yeah. people are yeah. losing interest. Yeah, and I think that's such a shame because there are so many good messages and so many good um, stories and things that can be told, not necessarily just in the Doctor Who thing, but, you know, Sarah Jane did things on homelessness and things like that. You know, there are so many good stories to be told that Doctor Who kind of needs another show to, to do that nowadays, I think. And you could stick the spin off on something like Netflix and get millions and millions of viewers. <laughs> so, <laughs> so are we saying are we saying that Ryan and Graham should get their own spin off because they got their, <laughs> their psychic paper? Let's not go to extremes here. Let, you know, <laughs> I'd, I'd happily watch a Bradley Walsh spin off show, but yeah. <clears throat> well, that's already on there. It's called Breaking Dad. Have you seen that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're going to get a spin-off. And certainly not at the current... And I don't mean coronavirus. I mean just in the way the show's kind of viewed. I think the way the show... It feels like the way the show's viewed in the BBC at the moment is it's a reliable ratings hit. You know, It gets roughly about kind of four to five million a week. That's fine. You know, It keeps them taking over. It's not that kind of big blockbuster hit that it used to be you know back when david tennant was the doctor or you know around the 50th um it would have been interesting i think but because i think i know stephen moffat because he decided to also do sherlock it would have been interesting if say he hadn't done sherlock would we have got a kind of spin-off series launched within that kind of 50th period and would that i wonder what that would have led to but it probably would have been a river song series or something like or that the Peter Noster gang or something yeah like that. it would you know um but I think, to be honest, big finish, isn't it? That at the end of the day, if you want your doc, you know your favourite Doctor Who character, um, hear some more adventures from them. The chances are, big finish have the license and yeah. they've already released four <laughs> box sets of it. Yeah, um, true. And I think that's kind of it now. I think because BBC Worldwide are so so aware, the Doctor Who fans will buy all this stuff. I think that's why Time Lord <laughs> Victorious came out. You know, it's in the old days you might have actually seen that as some kind of tv event you know um but actually what it is it's just it's just an excuse to sell some books and some action figures and a couple of big finish audios um it's kind of a, a worry doctor who's kind of ghettoized now into fandom and just people and just regular viewers rather than this kind of big ratings grabbing hit that people tune in for every week because those things still exist you know you look at the ratings for line of duty when that's on you know Shows like that still pull in massive numbers, and I think Doctor Who could do it, but I think it needs a bit of a, maybe a bit of a rest, and then kind of bring it back all guns blazing. I don't know. Yeah, it yeah, agreed. Probably needs a change of change of actor in the in the lead role <laughs> for it to kind of come back with that kind of popularity that you're talking about. I don't think it's a problem with the actor. I think it's a sort of top to tail production issue, really. I think Jodie Whittaker is a fantastic actor. I just think. Um, some of the material as the doctor has just been quite lacking. Um, yeah, just kind of, it all just feels kind of second draft. Chibbers, you know, some isn't of the it? Story, some of the story writing, you know. Chibbers. Anyway. All roads lead back to Chibbers. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's amazing how quickly things change, though, because I was watching like the 50th Steelbooks just come out 
I was watching the Five-ish Doctors earlier before before this, just to get myself in the mood. And I was raw. It's so much fun. So it's just so much fun, and it's brilliant. And you've got Moffat in there just sending himself up, and I love the Moffat, yeah. despite all his flaws. I love Moffat. <laughs> but, then, but then on the after that on the disc, you've got the proms, the Doctor Who proms oh. at the Albert Hall, and so it drifted onto that. And I was watching a bit of that, and you see Matt Smith on stage, and. I was thinking that, you know, this really was a, a golden era mm-hmm. of Doctor mm-hmm. Who. And it, it's only natural that things are going to go up and down over yeah. time. It's it's just going to be that way. It's the same with everything. But it would be nice to think that we could at some point go back up to those those days. Because, you know, like the conventions, me and you, Gary, went to the Doctor Experience at the XL. was a fantastic, was it a weekend or a day? I can't remember. Uh, the festival. That was a festival. a day, I think, yeah. Yeah, we had a fantastic time. You know, they had all the props there. They had people on stage blowing up stuff. And, you know, you got McCoy falling off a sofa and just <laughs> brilliant days. And we do seem to have drifted quite far from that quite quickly. Um, but as I said, it's a natural thing. Every TV show, especially something like Dot 2, that's been on for this amount of time, you know, nearly 60 years, it's mm. going to go up and down and have blips. And I do feel like we're in a bit of a, I wouldn't say a blip, it's a lull and there are still a, a big chunk of people out there that are enjoying it, but you know, it's definitely not the heyday that it was, you know, not that long ago. Um, but I hopefully, yeah, we'll get back to those days because watching that proms earlier, I'll tell you <laughs> just is so good. And the music Murray's music, I was thinking, man, we had it good, you know, <laughs> and we, we still, ha- we still have, it. yeah, we've still, still got all the elements there. And the thing with the doctor who is the kind of show where, you can literally do everything, anything with it. I mean, this show could go on forever because there are no limits to it. It's not like EastEnders where every week they're just killing someone off because they haven't got any other storyline. What can we do? Oh, let's get rid of someone that's been in the show. Doctor Who, you can literally is infinite in, in what you can do with it. So this show can run forever, but it's probably going to need these little dips and little breaks just to, you know, like we need sometimes. We need a break for the podcast just to get those energy levels back up stand back see what's working what's not working and you know get it back on track and it will happen and there will be people screaming at me saying it it isn't off track but you know what i'm saying it's not the heyday that it was <laughs> mm-hmm. around the 50th yeah i'd like to see a five-ish doctors i mean talking about spin-offs that's the spin-off I want oh to see. it's so <laughs> much it's a series of that and and with the success of staged i kind of hope that you know they're just like well you know <laughs> <laughs> to launch a little five-ish doctors style sitcom off the back of stage because it'll be the same production people you know george tennant and all that that'd be great yeah that'd be awesome yeah yeah, yeah talking of spin-offs i think um for me i was spoiled quite a lot by the trailer that they put out for the the blu-ray collection the first mccoy one you know where it had sophie aldred up in the uh, the tower, you know, the way that was filmed in London. I think Bobby she was Langford, the... you mean? Yeah. Oh no, sorry, you were so good. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's um, uh, I think it was it was it season twenty one, twenty six, twenty six. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and the way it was filmed, it had like, surprisingly for a trailer, just for something like that, it had a really what looked like a good production budget because you had like drone shots around the shard and yeah. and all that, and the way that she looked like. She just hasn't lost it as Ace, you know, even at this age. And she's not old, but, you know, even at that age, she hasn't, I don't know, there's just something. So to have uh, an Ace spin-off after all these years, I think would be, and I think think she would have that Sarah Jane-ish kind of feel about her as well. I think you'd have a lot of kids, teenagers that would warm to her as well. So I'm down for a a Sophie Aldred. 
she was supposed yeah. to be in the Sarah Jane Adventures yeah. ace. The, the end of series mm. five, her and Joe were supposed to turn up. Oh, oh that would so have been amazing. It is, it is a shame that it never got it never got made, really. But otherwise, we probably we would be talking about an ace mm. spin-off. Mm. Uh, all, all five of us have got this kind of glassy-eyed, like, yeah, <laughs> if only, eh? What could have been? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I was going to finish on the, you know, what we felt like our future for Doctor Who was going to be. I think we've we've answered that to a degree. I mean, for for me personally, I like I said earlier, I think we should run it to the 60th just because of my OCD wouldn't allow that otherwise, oh, you know, <laughs> yeah. to run to the 60th and then, you know, pains me to say it but i think the show does need a bit of a rest even if it's just for a for a few years and then come back with a with a bang sort of thing but what do you guys think about what should happen do you think we should run past that and just keep going and going and just hope for the best or what do you reckon maria uh well i definitely would like to see it um go up to the 60th um i suppose i'm a bit worried if they take it off it won't come back again (laughs) Um, you know, I'm not sure if, you know, Chris Chibnall is going to leave it in good shape and obviously whether he's still going to be around for the 60th, um, who knows, but, um, I mean, yeah, a a rest could probably do it good, but then who would, who would we have as a showrunner to bring it back? Um, you know, we'd need somebody of kind of an RTD kind of status really to kind of bring it back again. Um. But yeah, um, definitely up to the 60th. I'd be interested to see what they do with the 60th, whether it's going to be, you know, some kind of celebration of what's been rather than expanding on the timeless children story. Um, but yeah, definitely up to the 60th. And I hope I hope it does continue beyond that. I mean, obviously, if they do rest it, um, you know, it, it would be interesting to see how it would come back at some point in the future. But um, I, I hope it continues because I'm not quite ready to let it go yet. <laughs> no, Rija. Okay, Mark. Uh, hear me out. Films. I think it should move. I think it should try something out. It should, you know, BBC have a film, you know, production company, you know, BBC Films. Um, why not, like, you know, do a Doctor Who movie? I mean, it's not going to take on Marvel, but I think it would do, it would do some robust numbers. I think, especially now that we've had what ten years, I think, of, of certainly that kind of more international audience. You know, you watch that incredible special feature on Peter Capaldi's first series, the Blu-ray, where they're traveling to like South Korea and Brazil and Mexico <laughs> and meeting all these fans. Like, I think I think there's the, done right. I think a Doctor Who movie could be the sort of springboard to kind of reinvigorate the, well, not the show, I guess, because it would be a film, but the, the property, as it were, you know, um, and do different things with it. Um, that's that's what I'd like to see, I think. Um, they, they've talked I think about it, it for years, haven't they, Mark? Yeah. Like, remember Peter Jackson really wanted to do it, apparently, and Moffat yeah. wouldn't let him have it. It's like, no, you're not having it. Was it David, oh, I can never remember his name, the guy who directed the Harry Potter films. Uh, is it David Haywood? No, David Haywood. Um, he's an actor. <laughs> but you know what? I, the, the, I can't remember his name, but he, he was David Yates for a while as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I just think there is something in it. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day about how in the 90s, you couldn't every time you picked up Doctor Who magazine, it was some other film studio was uh, putting together a Doctor Who film pitch. And I was like, well, actually, I think it could work. It could definitely work. Yeah, 
Yeah. You, know? you might get it uh, in the cinema as well. That would be cool. Well, that, yeah, that would be the hope, you mm. know, and it becomes those one of those kind of temp. Because, you know, you look at Paddington, you know, a much-loved British property, you know, given a feature film treatment, and it's, you know, adored, mm. you know, worldwide, you know, and made quite a lot of money. I think done, like I say, I think done right, a Doctor Who film could be incredible. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Now, for that, Jordan, what do you reckon? I definitely want to see it go up to the 60th. Um, you know, I think that would be a nice round number to then for them to kind of just, like, leave it for a few years. And then I think it just, it kind of needs someone to just come in and be like, okay, we're going to, for me, kind of strip it back to basics a little bit, kind of like Russell did with Rose. It kind of, it just sort of, it goes it's not so convoluted to get any more um and just kind of i don't know breathe life into it again which is kind of what i think it's been missing for me with the chibnall era is it's not got the same breath of fresh air about it um i definitely like to see a doctor who movie definitely like to see a doctor who movie um <laughs> set in america yeah, yeah. <laughs> it has to be. <laughs> so long as like you know, Jodie Whittaker, Whittaker doesn't get shot or anything like that, it'll be it'll be fine. Um, Maria's like, mm. don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I guess kind of just possibly giving it a rest for a couple of years and just seeing if that interest is still there in sort of a mainstream market like like the bbc mm. um and then possibly if there is an interest but not there netflix or amazon or or a movie version of it i'd be happy i'd be happy enough to sit there and and see yeah cool okay and then just uh, a quick follow-up question on that would you like to see it rebooted rather than re-brought uh, well rather you know when Eccleston came back um I remember reading in the newspapers not that I was actively watching or into Doctor Who back then but I certainly remember reading in one of the newspapers I can't remember what it was about there was one article that said it was a reboot and it was going to do everything fresh from new it wasn't going to look behind and then another article that said actually no it's a continuation it's you know it's all canon in one big thing so would you guys want to see it rebooted, perhaps? Is that an option? Or has it got to honour everything for the last 60-odd years? The format of the show allows it to do either, um, really, and you wouldn't notice the difference, mm-hmm. I think. You know what I mean? Like, you, you could just start a series with a new Doctor, um, not necessarily reference anything, and then just do what Russell T did, just gradually bring in these elements. Yeah, little um, problems, yeah. You know, for those people yeah. that have been watching it for ages. I don't think you would have to do like a hard reset and, you know, have a mysterious traveller. <laughs> that's what I mean. Um, that just kind sort of, of vibe, like explain yeah. like the whole thing again. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's what you do anyway with a new companion story, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, I think, yeah, a, a reboot, but not a hard reboot. Right. right. <laughs> Where you completely reevaluate what the show is. Although at the moment, I guess the show doesn't know what it is and the character doesn't know who they are. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay, and um, let's finish up. So last um, last go round then. Um, in terms of all of Doctor Who from... <laughs> here we go. Yeah, 
Here we go. <laughs> From William Hartnell through to Jodie Whittaker, um, which two doctors would you love to see pair up? It doesn't matter if that actor has passed or not. Which two would you like to see team up in a story? Jordan. Oh. Come on, you can't think about it. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, for some bizarre reason, the first two that came into my brain was Peter Davidson and Sylvester McCoy. Okay. And I don't, I don't know why, they were just the first two that came into <laughs> my brain. Um, I don't know what the story would be. I don't know... I don't know any. I don't know what anything about that would would be, but I think those two. I guess I'd kind of like to see come back mm-hmm. in some shape or form. And I mean, this last trailer with with Bonnie Langford. Oh yeah, you know, Sylvester McCoy still got it. He still looked great in that <laughs> yeah. in the costume and things. So, you know, and Peter Davison still looked like the Doctor when he was in Time Crash. So it's it's doable. Yeah, it's definitely doable. doable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. McCoy and Davidson. Interesting. Add. Uh, I'd go with 7 and 11. I think uh, <laughs> McCoy and Matt would be hilarious together. Mm. Um, and they're the two of my favourite Doctors as well. I think for the new era, um, Matt's uh, just so good as a Doctor. I think he's my favourite. So, yeah, 7 and 11. I think they'd be a great pairing. And throw in Ace as well should be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Mark? Um, I th- so if we're going to just take it from living or dead... Uh, the third Doctor and the twelfth Doctor. Oh, I think yes. Just, just purely because I think it would be lovely for Peter Capaldi uh, more than anything <laughs> else. Amazing, actually. It yeah. would be one of those wonderful things that um, you get a sort of inkling of in Out of Time and in Time Crash of the actor, the actors playing the Doctor, get like enjoying meeting each other. Um, mm-hmm. I think that'd be great. I know there's a comic coming out at some point that pairs the third doctor and the 12th doctor but that seems like that happens every other week at the moment yeah. it's like a doctor <laughs> yeah. pair up but yeah i'd love to see the actual 12th doctor and the third doctor together in a televised mm-hmm. adventure that'd be great fun yeah yeah cool maria uh okay so the first one that popped into my head was um sylvester mccoy um i think like um Somebody just said that he's still got it as a doctor. I mean, when you look at him, he's kind of he's still got those he's still got those mannerisms. I think that would be really good. And yeah. also the tenth, I think, because I I know David Tennant loves Doctor Who, so I think the two of them would be hilarious. They're both quite funny, so um, I quite like to see the banter between them. I, I think mm. they would be quite fun. Yeah, cool. Yeah, um, my mind changes up on this all the time, but I think at the moment I'd love to see David Tennant and John Pertwee together. I feel like there'd be a great chemistry there. You know, with Pertwee, sometimes he's a little bit impatient, a little bit, you say, out of nitwit sort of thing. I think he'd lose patience <laughs> with Tennant's doctor after a little while and they'd have a bit of a, a bit of a to do, but then it'd be great sort of team ups and stuff and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'd like to see those two, yeah, do their thing, but. Right, that has been our round table with our um with our amazing writing team. It's uh it's been great to have you guys on to to waffle about Doctor. Who. I I'm if if we chose another day in the future or whatever, we could probably talk about Doctor Who and we could go on for hours. Um so but yeah, so it's been great to get your views on on Doctor Who albeit quite top like I said we could 
talk about this stuff for hours. But um, so yeah, so just to recap before we run the run the credits, just to recap. So Jordan, Maria, and Mark, uh, you can find their reviews and their articles and their thoughts on everything Doctor Who. These guys write about the current stuff, classic, big finish, you know, the books, everything. Uh, you can read all of their stuff over on the website big blue box podcast at Cali UK and I know that you guys read and uh, sorry write for other websites and podcasts so if you do where can Doctor Who listeners find you elsewhere Mark you do another couple of podcasts right yeah I do another Doctor Who podcast called On the Time Lash in which uh, myself <laughs> and my good friend Ben Verth um, have a drink and chat about Doctor Who because we want to recapture those pub meetings of the 1990s um <laughs> Uh, so the the basic format is we pick a we're working through the new stuff in order, and each week we'll pick a classic story that is either a perfect partner or an incredibly tenuous link, um, and we'll we'll talk about both stories. Yeah, so yeah, cool. on the time as you can find that in all the places you get your podcasts. Sounds good. Sounds good. And Jordan, you write for a couple of other websites, right? Uh, yeah, I do the Doctor Who Companion. Um, what I tend to do is sort of news articles for them but i also do quite a few other different different things for them uh i used to write for blog to who but i've not really done anything for them for a few years and i also do a youtube channel with my friends called who's watching but we've not really done anything because it's a covid world and and we live in it and it's you know we we like to do it we're all together <laughs> but but keep your eye on that channel if you if you're going to go on it because there are some videos coming out at some point um and i write my own website as well called tardis traveler reviews which is kind of just a bit about everything it's not just doctor who it's comics it's other things on the telly so cool cool yeah <laughs> all good and i believe maria is exclusive to the big blue box I, think. I am. Yep. Yes, yep. I'm to you guys. Yep. But, you know, I'm open for offers. <laughs> no, no, you're not. You're not allowed. Listen <laughs> to us, Maria. And, you can uh, never leave. And, yeah, and as I mention every week, you all know about Adam's channel over on YouTube, which is The Geek's Handbag. The man with a handbag. The man with a handbag. The yes. man with handbag. He <laughs> talks and reviews and unboxing, does all that stuff. Um, yeah, so... Uh, before we run the credits, I just want to say a big thank you to you guys for taking the time out of your evening to come and to come and chat, uh, Doctor. You are the nicest uh, bunch uh, of, of of guys I could have on the website, and believe me, a lot of people ask to write for the website um, uh, and, and do reviews and articles and stuff. But it's uh, I have to make sure that the quality is is there and the right people are uh, are writing for the for the website. So um. Uh, so first of all, thank you for coming on, and also a, a massive thank you um, for putting the time in to, to write those reviews and articles and everything for us. It's um, it's great, and I know that a lot of our uh, listeners read those as well. And um, I know that the guys over at Big Finish they bring up your reviews a lot on their podcast um, and that sort of thing. So it's very very cool, very very cool. So thank you so much for that. Thank you and congratulations yeah, on the three hundred three hundred episodes. Yeah, we'll have you back on in, in episode six hundred to talk about whatever's going on in the in the world of Doctor Who. But I think we'll stick a pin in it there for episode three hundred. Yeah. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody, for coming back for another week and listening to the show. Those of you uh, that have just jumped on board, welcome, welcome, long-time listeners, the Grizzled Ancients, welcome back for another episode. Uh, next week, um, we will we'll be doing um, some episode review. I can't remember because I'm such a professional that I haven't got my schedule up, so I can't tell you. But keep an, eye, keep an eye on the socials. We will let you know um, what we're going to be reviewing next week. Um, and as is the theme for this week, as well as the uh, Celebratory 300, is to check out the website to check out all of these guys' articles and reviews. Big Blue Box Podcast at Curlit UK. You can read all of that stuff there. Plus, you can listen to all of our previous shows on there. We'd also love to have you as a subscriber to the show. So whatever podcast app you get your podcasts on, just do a search for us or hit the link on the website. That way you won't miss a show when it lands every single Friday. We're on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Uh, Again, links on the website or just do a search for us. And we have a free Discord server as well. So sign up for that and come and chat Doctor Who with some other cool Doctor Who fans. Uh, right, so to wrap up for 300, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. My name's Maria. My name's Mark. And my name's Jordan. And we will see you next time. Until then, hey. Hey.